Amen. Good morning. Good morning. You can have a seat. Thank you so much for gathering with us. It's amazing to see so many people come out and celebrate uh, the risen Savior on the Herndon Town Green with us. Uh, We lasted this four years ago, and we haven't been able to do it all the years since. So it's a joy for us to be back here uh, on the Herndon uh, Town Green um, this morning. If you have your songbooks inside there, we printed some scripture from Luke 24. And we're gonna go read that in just a little bit. And let me just say this, we're on a big field. There's a fun hill. Kids are excited for Easter. If your kids are making noise or running around, it's totally fine. All right, don't worry about them. Um, We're just gonna enjoy a great time together uh, on the green here this morning. You know, I don't know uh, what everyone brought with them today. You know, we just read from the book of Isaiah. Nick just did that during our worship time. And it it talked about this veil that covers all people. And it was talking about this idea of death, that the reality of death, the, 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 the coming reality for us all is this veil that covers all of us. It's a fear that we all have. And so I, I don't know what kind of fear of that that you brought with you today. I think many ways, the, the way that fear of death is manifest inside of us is through having an anticipated future in our lives, something that we hope so much that will happen in our life or will come to fruition in our life because we know that this life is short and we know that we don't have much time before that coming reality is here. And so I'm curious, what longings do you have? What anticipated future do you have? You know, it might be, man, I'm just, I'm waiting for when I can buy that house at that place and that's where I wanna be, that's where I'll be happy or Maybe it's, man, I'm just waiting for my career to pop off, that business idea to take, like gain some steam. I can finally be financially free. I'm just waiting for that day, right? I'm waiting for the day that we can have a baby. I've been hoping for that for a long time or waiting for the day that my marriage will get better, that he will change or she will change. All kinds of things that we're just longing for. I don't know what you brought with you today. And I'm going to read some scripture out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. And I think it has some things to encourage us with today in that. The Gospel of Luke is a history of the life and the teachings of Jesus. And we're going to read the very last chapter, just a few verses. It's going to tell us about the resurrection of Jesus. And I think it will encourage us. If you open your Bible or your songbook to Luke 24... Let me read this, just the first 12 verses, and I'll help us understand what it means. Here's what it says in verse one. It says this, but on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. So by they, it means a group of women who had prepared some spices to properly embalm Jesus' body. Jesus had been taken off the cross and put into the tomb. So they rested on Saturday, because that's 
Sabbath, and now it's Sunday. They're on their way to finish the job of embalming Jesus' body. Verse two, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, meaning angels. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the angels, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. The interesting thing is, as Jesus was doing his ministry in the gospels, there were several moments that he stopped everyone that was following and said, guys, listen up. When we get to Jerusalem, I'm gonna get arrested. I'm gonna suffer. I'm gonna be crucified. I'm gonna be buried. And on the third day, I'm gonna rise. He gave them the whole playbook. And they kept on going, not Jesus. They didn't believe him. And so the angels are saying to the women, he did what he said he was going to do. Verse eight, and they remembered his words. They remembered, oh, that's right, Jesus did say this. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11. That's the disciples of Jesus. There's 11 because Judas isn't there anymore. And to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So the women come back the apostles are gathering. These are the guys that are supposed to, you know, they follow Jesus. They're the disciples. They're the ones that are supposed to believe Jesus' words. Well, the women tell them, let me find my place, verse 11, but look at this. But these words seemed to them, the disciples, an idle tale. You know, the, the Greek word for that, idle tale, is laros. And it's interesting, it, it can be translated as nonsense. It seemed to them nonsense. Silly talk. It's funny, uh, the, one of the lexicons I like to use, it, the translations for this word can be um, humbug, right? These guys were Scrooges, right? They heard about the resurrection of Jesus and they're like, bah, no way. It didn't happen. Jesus is dead. Didn't you remember seeing him on the cross? He's in the tomb. It seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Now, I wanna stop right there for just a second because it's my man, Peter. Peter heard the report of these women and he said to himself, I need to go see for myself. Now, this is just like Peter. I wanna talk about Peter for a second. Peter is a guy who is type A, driven, confrontational. He's totally fine with conflict. He wants to be in control. He wants to be the leader. So this makes sense that Peter would be like, all right, I'm gonna go check this out for myself. I'll go look and I'll report back. That's Peter. Now, here's one thing you need to know about Peter. Peter had an anticipated future. 
something that he was longing for. See, Peter was a fisherman. He was poor, and he lived in Israel. And if you didn't know, at this time in Israel, they were occupied by Rome. So the Israelites, the Jews of the time, felt a lot like Ukrainians feel today. There's an occupying force in our land, and we're suffering under their rule. So Peter had an anticipated future. That future was Israel being liberated from Rome. That was a new kingdom to arise that did not mean oppression for him and his family and his friends. And so when Jesus comes on the scene and he starts to say, I'm gonna start this new kingdom, Peter was following Jesus because he thought to himself, here is the guy who's gonna bring about my anticipated future. There's actually an incident that Peter had with Jesus earlier in the Gospels where Jesus did exactly what the angel said they, he was going to do. Jesus stops everyone and he goes, hey, listen up. When we get to Jerusalem, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to go into a grave. And three days later, I'm going to rise again. Gave him the playbook. And Peter pulls Jesus aside. And the text says he rebukes him. Peter rebukes Jesus. Peter's like, Jesus, stop with this idle talk. Stop with this nonsense type of talk of you dying. No, we're going to Jerusalem to start a new kingdom. If you get arrested and are crucified, that's not gonna go well according to our plan. And what does Jesus say to him? Amen. Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. This is exactly what I'm gonna do. And so let's, it's Sunday. Jesus is risen from the dead. Peter's running to go see what happened. I wanna keep talking about Peter here for just a second. A couple days later, or I'm sorry, before, Thursday evening, Thursday night, all right, the night before Jesus is crucified, okay? Peter is with Jesus and the disciples and they're in this garden called Gethsemane and they're praying, and so what happens is Judas at that time betrays Jesus and brings a group of people to come arrest Jesus. And so you know what Peter does in this moment when they're there to arrest Jesus? He draws a sword and slices the ear off of one of the people to arrest Jesus, right? Peter's like, no, 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 we're here to start a kingdom and I will draw a sword to defend this kingdom that we're about to start, and Jesus rebukes Peter. Peter, calm down, man. And he heals the ear of the person, and he allows himself to get arrested. If you read in Luke, not too long later, few verses later, Jesus was arrested. He's brought before the Sanhedrin. He's brought before the governing authorities. He's on trial. It's clear that he's about to go to the cross, and some people pull Peter aside. Hey, Peter, you're, you're his disciple, right? Peter says, no, I don't know that guy. Hey, Peter, you know Jesus. You're one of his people, right? No, 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 no. I, I don't know Jesus. It's interesting. I saw one pastor point this out, a guy named Josh Howerton, and it was so insightful. He said, isn't it interesting in the book of Luke that Peter is willing to kill for Jesus, but he's not willing to die for Jesus? He's willing to literally draw a sword and defend Jesus. But when it comes time for Jesus to go to the cross, he denies him. 
and he won't die for Jesus. Why is that? Why will Peter kill for Jesus but not die for Jesus? Well, think about it for a second. Think about this. Peter had an anticipated future, something that he was longing for, and he was willing to do great risk. He was willing to do big things. He was willing to even kill, you could see, for this anticipated future to come to fruition. He was willing to do that, but when it comes to die for Jesus, well, now I gotta give up my anticipated future. Now I have to trust Jesus with my future. Now I have to give up on some of these things that I hope to come to fruition. So I'm not willing to give that up. I'm not willing to die for Jesus. And here's what Jesus is doing. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, Peter, I've got so much bigger plans for you and for the world and for my people than just right here and right now than just liberating Israel from Rome, than just this anticipated future that you have. I have such bigger plans. Jesus, I'm, I mean, Peter, I'm thinking about redemption. I'm gonna go to the cross so that I can provide forgiveness for everything you've done, for all of your sins. I'm gonna go to the cross so that I can take on the judgment you deserve from God. That's what I'm thinking about, Peter. Peter, I'm, I'm thinking about healing your body from this thing that we call death. I'm going to the grave so that I can put death to death so that we don't have to live in fear of death anymore, Peter. Peter, I'm thinking about my resurrection and I'm gonna rise again and I'm going to start a new kingdom. And no, it's not a political kingdom. It's not a militaristic kingdom. It's a kingdom that starts in the hearts of people as I redeem and transform, and heal, and change. It's a kingdom that's gonna be eternal because I'm going to put death in its grave. And if you read in Luke 24, verse 12, at the very end of the chapter, Peter stoops in, he looks into the tomb, he sees that it's empty, and it says he walks back marveling. He's a changed man because Jesus rose again from the dead. He was now willing to die for Jesus, as we see in the rest of scripture, as we read about Peter's story. But he was now changed. He knew that Jesus was offering him something so much bigger than this life, eternal life, forgiveness from your sins, being a part of a kingdom that is good and righteous and will transform people. So Peter runs back to all of his friends, to all of his disciples, a changed person. And we have to ask the same question this morning, all of us that they were asking in that room. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and invite the band to come back up just for a second. But here's the question that all of us need to ask this morning, and that's this. Is Jesus risen king or is he idle tale? Are these stories that we're reading, is everything that we read this morning, is that nonsense? Or is it true? We gotta wrestle with that question, all of us do. Because if it's true, that changes everything about our life. If it's true, it means death is no longer something we need to fear. If it's true, it means God has something for us so much bigger than what we're longing for in this life. 
If it's not true, well, 1 Corinthians 15 would say that those who believe in Jesus ought to be pitied above everyone else because they're following something false. But friends, I'm here to tell you that Jesus rose again from the dead. And I'm here to tell you that this is true. This is not idle talk. It's not silly talk. It's not nonsense. It is the story that has changed the world. And there is forgiveness available for you at the cross of Jesus Christ if you would accept that forgiveness. That there is the ability to be set free from the fear of death. Hebrews 2 says that Jesus has set us free from the slavery of the fear of death. And there is a kingdom that Jesus is inviting every single one of us to be involved in and to be a part of. And so I'm curious for you, is Jesus risen king or idle tale? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray for us. And if you're here this morning and you feel the Lord tugging on your heart as if, man, this is something that I think is true. And if this is true, it changes everything. What I wanna do is I just wanna invite you to pray along with me, just in the quiet of your own heart and your own mind. Let's do that. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. We're just gonna pray. God, I feel like I speak for every one of us here when we say that we struggle it, with the question if this is truth or if this is idle tale. We struggle with that question. We all have doubts. And so God, this morning, I pray that in the hearts of every one of us that you would confirm inside of us the fact that this is true, that Jesus has risen again from the grave, that he is alive, he is Lord, and everything that he has said is true. And that, Lord, that would change everything. And so God, I pray if there are people here today who are ready to confess their need for your forgiveness and their desire to follow you. They're ready to confess that you did raise again from the dead, Lord. I pray right now that they would pray along with me. And they would say something like this. God, I recognize that I need your forgiveness. I confess that. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he went into the grave and conquered death and that he rose again. And that now I can follow him for all of eternity. That he invites me into a kingdom that will never end. And so I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that he rose again from the grave and I wanna follow him the rest of my life. And God, if anyone there just prayed that, Lord, I pray that you would put people around them to encourage them. I pray, God, that today would start a new life for them, a life of freedom and forgiveness and transformation and change. God, would you do that work within the group, this group of people? It's a privilege to be out here today, God, to celebrate you, to celebrate the resurrection, to sing together to eat good food, to have good coffee, to run around. We thank you for this beautiful day. God, may you be glorified and would you bring about new life. In Jesus' name, amen.